through those past experiences, being cognizant of what you may or may not do, those things that your spouse may may see in you that may have nothing to do with you, but may have to do with experience. Talk through those things in areas that uh, may need a little work for them to just inherently give you trust. Mm-hmm. I think that would be tip number one is basically just to talk about it. And if you feel like you don't have any areas, maybe try to dig a little deeper because they may not be right on the surface. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Podcast community, thank you once again for lending us your ears. In today's episode, we're going to talk about trust. We're going to talk about earning trust, keeping trust, and rebuilding trust if it has been lost within your relationship and all of the things that is involved with that. Paul, I would say it would be a fair statement if we said that we have a strong amount of trust within our marriages. Definitely. And I'm sure there have been people in your life before that have probably come to you and had trust issues. I know it's been the same with me, but I think let's first talk about earning trust and you know what your thoughts are on that, what my thoughts are on that. In your mind, first and foremost, do you think that trust is initially earned or is it initially given? Ooh, that's a good one. Before we dive into that and circle back around, but just gonna throw out what trust is. Okay. Then I will answer that question. So trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So when the person in this case will say someone. So is trust earned or given? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the relationship, the person that you're coming in contact with and based on your past, which Mm -hmm. is super loaded. Especially the older you get. And I think it it all comes back to what you value, right? In the context of relationship, dating relationship, and into marriage, if you have had healthy relationships or no relationships at all, I think it's, in my experience, it's a given. Um, But if you've had some rocky ones and people haven't treated you kind, then it's earned. And also your personality. And if you're pretty good with your friend group, I think that helps it be given as well because if you have a solid foundation or have figured out how to vet people in yourself which in essence i guess that's earned if that makes sense as you talking to people there's a level that's earned but there's a level that's given i don't know if that's you asked me either or but i gave you a both and so what are your thoughts and maybe i'll have a different opinion after you go no i agree man i felt like we were going to get there and understand that it's is a combination it might be a topical thing like you said it really depends on your history with relationships if you and your spouse came up in the same community or friend group they'll have that history and be able to talk to other people to know whether or not you're trustworthy and it might Mm -hmm. just be inherently given to you but i think in a lot of relationships especially in this day and age where people are meeting online and that sort of thing it is almost needing to be earned because they have no history with you to base that decision off of. 
and feeling secure whether a man or woman is necessary, whether it be feeling physically secure, mentally secure, uh, emotionally secure. There, there is a process to earning someone's trust. So it, it really, like you said, depends on the situation and the parameters of your relationship on whether or not trust is initially given to you or it needs to be earned. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, you mentioned something. You said it's, it can be a topical thing. Yes. Can you expound a little bit on that? Yeah. So let's say in a relationship, um, trust is given in the aspect that oh, this person I have a history with them and they say they're going to do something. I know that they're going to do it. Let's say, for example, in my past, I've been cheated on before, right? Mm -hmm. So I might trust that you say I'm going to execute on something. And then on the other hand, I might have twinges of thoughts that this person might be cheating on me. If I see similar signs to my experience in the past, mm -hmm. it might literally have nothing to do with my current person I'm in a relationship with. But I think going through that trauma always puts you on alert. And whether you know it or not, the uh, your radar is always spinning <laughs> in that area. Yeah. So I might completely trust you over here. And then over here, I might want to trust you, but it might just be harder for me to do that. Gotcha. And I think I feel like there's a lot of people who go through that. And I think even my wife has been cheated on in the past. And, you know, that is something I have to be aware of, number one. And then also not just aware that she's gone through it, but aware that some of the things that I do may, like you said, when we were discussing the topic, trigger a memory or a response from her in a negative manner. So I hope that answers right. the question. No, it does. And I, I thought that's where you would go and you end up going there. Because like you said, a lot of people have similar experience and especially maybe solid in one area, but there might be something that from past experience that might make a little iffy and someone may have to earn that trust while it might be given in other areas. No, that's great. Thanks. I feel like we always lean into giving tips. Would you have any tips on earning trust? Yes, I think I know, as we always harp, it's all about communication. And as you were speaking about maybe trust in an area that may have to be built, talking through those past experiences, being cognizant of what you may or may not do, those things that your spouse may, may see in you that may have nothing to do with you, but may have to do with experience, talk through those things in areas that uh, may need a little work for them to just inherently give you trust. Mm -hmm. I think that would be tip number one is basically just to talk about it. And if you feel like you don't have any areas, maybe try to dig a little deeper because they may not be right on the surface. I know for me, up until probably this relationship, I didn't really dive all the way in. And that's because way back in my first quote unquote relationship, if you want to talk about timelines, but I would say middle school, my first girlfriend, and this is middle school. So yes, basically got cheated on for what you can get cheated on in, in eighth <laughs> grade or it was probably younger than that. But just to know, like, in essence, like, never dive all the way in because it could end bad as long as in the back of my mind it's things like that no one digs that deep but that happened like i had to dig deep and figure out like why was i not going all the way in when i had pretty good situation so yeah communicate 
and I think dig deep within yourself to try to talk to your spouse about those things. That's what I'd say. Yeah, definitely. I'm thinking pretty much along the same lines is if you know that you have specific issues with trust, you really need to put those out in the open up front. I have a feeling that there are people out there who, when they have those issues, sometimes feel like maybe I shouldn't. So they maybe try to hide them or set traps. So it, it could go Gosh, a couple right. of different ways, but I think the easier, I want to say also the healthier way to go to move through that space is to put those things out in the open and you know let the person know that, hey, here's what's happened to me in the past. I'm typically on high alert for these situations and maybe even just go as far as, say, as, far as to say, be careful with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's scary and it's vulnerable, but it's fair. Um, right. If you do that up front, right. uh, because what you're, what you hide is eventually going to come out and whether you address it or not, it's the person is still going to understand that there are certain things that have you on edge or mm-hmm. that you react differently to everything else. And the sooner you understand what those are and you can communicate that to your partner, the more you can work through it. And if we're talking marriage, you know what we always preach it's everything is for the betterment of your marriage but you have to work on you're not one it's one marriage but it's two people so you have to work through those things and the betterment of one person becomes the betterment of your marriage so if you can deal with those issues as soon as possible and start that process then your marriage will be more whole yeah so let's talk about the dating process which we are already but There's something specifically that I wanted to mention, Mm -hmm. and that is opting out, right? We put a lot of work into attracting someone. We put a lot of work into putting our best selves forward. When we start to bring in these sorts of conversations and topics, should I be okay with their choice to opt out of the relationship If they're like, that's not necessarily what I'm looking for as far as someone having maybe trust issues. I would say yes, because they're honest up front and you have to be as a spouse or as a in a relationship. If you're trying to be serious, which would end up, I would assume, in marriage, but you have to be willing to put in the work. And if they're not in the space to put in that work, you can't make them put in the work, especially with the way my experience with trust issues are is like some things you may not know how you're going to react in certain areas. So you're going to have someone that's going to be okay with that unknown and working through with you. It doesn't feel good. No. Do you probably want to No. Like you said, not after you got to this position where I'm actually vulnerable enough to tell you this, or even if it's up front, but you have to be okay so that you can find someone who's willing to walk with you through this of your marriage or your betterment of your relationship. Yeah. So I don't know what your thoughts are, but I agree. And more or less, I think my thought was you need to be okay with someone walking away and it could just more or less be a mindset that you've saved yourself some time and probably some anguish and trying to fight for something that wasn't necessarily meant to be in the first place. So I think those are my thoughts as far as the the dating space is uh, concerned. So let's transition a little bit to keeping trust, right? In my mind, this is more or less a space of being credible. Do the things you say you're going to do. Be the person you 
claim to be and deliver on promises ultimately deliver on your vows basically in my mind if you do those things there's really no reason for trust to be broken or rescinded what are your thoughts on keeping trust within marriage yeah i think it's gonna be a communication plug all episode for me yeah Uh, walking through like you said everything that you've already talked about being true to your word that's really the only way to do that i would say consider your wife in everything that you're doing if you've had these comfort conversations about maybe areas where you both um might have some issues early on when it's first brought up be very intentional in those spaces guard those protect them as much as you can obviously sometimes those are things you can't do if it's a deep deep issue and you never know when your wife may be triggered but to your best ability just try to guard those spaces and talk through anything that comes up yeah definitely now the the real meat of today's episode is rebuilding trust and obviously we could go a couple different ways we could go with infidelity but I think we're going to keep it a little more simple for this episode because the infidelity topic could be a whole episode in itself. So let's say just rebuilding trust over something simple. Let's say there's a person in marriage out there who just consistently doesn't fully deliver on you know what they said that they are going to do or accomplish. What are obviously it's going to pretty much circle back to the communication that you said, but it'll it'll also circle back to what we were talking about as far as keeping trust. But I would say, what are some best practices for rebuilding trust after it's been continually broken as far as just not doing all the things that you have promised to do? Yeah, it is a, it's a process, especially on things that are continual. You don't have one event to say, this is what it is. I can work on not doing this one thing. For me, I will say I'm not always, I use my experience, I'm not always diligent in circling our time to talk about our budget, which is important to both of us, but it's my set I would take it on. And when we're rocking it, I keep up with it. I bring up conversations. I put it on our calendar and I stick to that calendar. But in times when we haven't and we haven't been as diligent that leads to or could lead to my wife not trusting that we're going to stay diligent lets us off the hook for anything that we said we wanted to do so a way to build that back is to consistently in this scenario bring up hey do you want to talk you know can we talk finances now let's put this on the calendar hey this is what i was thinking about what we should do and then actually execute on those. So if I say, hey, we're going to just discuss every purchase before we make a purchase and then I do my part and hey, I'm about to run to the store thinking about getting this. It's such and such amount. What do you think? And I think the regaining of like a long time inconsistent pattern is to just try to become more diligent, more consistent and almost be so over that it might seem extra but in this you your wife will see your intentionality and i think talking about it hey i know i haven't been so good in this area but i'm going to work through bring it in front of your face bring it in front of our faces and working through it so it might get annoying but <laughs> i'm going to try to do this the best i can yeah as you were talking there was something that i was thinking about and that is let's say you as a man have 
exhibited some shortcomings as far as delivering on the things that you said you were going to do. And then you come to this revelation and you say to yourself, all right, I'm going to be better. I think if you have shown in the past that you have the uh, capability of not delivering, you, I guess, can't be mad or immediately have the expectation that your spouse is going to not have reservations or want to jump right back into trusting you at your word. Absolutely. That is makes so much sense. I've had to do that in, again, this area of finance. Ideally, she could be like, okay, like you're saying you're going to do all these things and we can sit down and talk about this, but now I've wasted my time if you don't do what you say you're going to do. You know right, what I mean? Right, Especially right, right. if time is important and being able to receive that feedback mm-hmm. and be like, you're right, but I'm going to try to do this the best I can. I, I may have said this and failed multiple times, but I'm working through it and I'm trying to. So I hope that as you see me trying, it can build more consistency and now you'll you'll see that I'm going to do what I'm going to do in whatever area that is as a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And really talking about that aspect of feedback, you, I think in a lot of spaces, need to be willing to give them the authority to be your accountability partner and legitimately say to them, or even literally say to them, you know, I may show signs of slipping up, as most humans do. You have full permission to check me on it. And I'm not going to get out of pocket in that moment because I understand that these things might happen. But just for the fact that I know I've given you permission to check me on it is probably going to help me, you know, stay in line and stay on task. Or right, I, yeah, I think that's good, but. You and saying that, being prepared, no matter how the feedback comes, especially it's, if it's probably a vulnerable area because no one wants to be the person that's unreliable. So that's already tough to say, okay, I, I haven't been so great on this multiple times, but be able to take the feedback no matter how it's given, whether it's soft spoken and like gentle or whether it's rough and straight to the point, or if it's a little snarky. Like you just have to be able to take it in that moment. If you don't like how it's presented, I would say come back at a different time, not in that space when it was given, because then it can just become an argument and it Mm -hmm. can seem like you're not trying to work on this area. Like you don't want to take the the focus off of you working on the area to, to focus on an argument about how the feedback was given after you already gave authority for that or not authority, but gave that space to your wife to give that feedback yeah definitely and i have been through this myself but what also came to mind is to know what kind of feedback you best respond to and i've actually even experienced this in work as well thinking back to being an athlete and having that in your face coach that ultimately would motivate me if i was showing some sort of failure you could get used to that style of communication and it can happen in a couple different ways. Sometimes I had coaches where, you know, they were just explained to me that they were disappointed. And for my lack of wanting to disappoint someone, it got me to perform better. Mm-hmm. And then there's also that style of coach who would just get in your face and yell at you. And having that type of pressure also at times made me perform better. Mm-hmm. Um, when I know I've, I guess I want to say not performed and there is an aspect of a lack of caring about the situation. 
Like, I'm obviously not going to respond to that. I'm trying to think if there's any other uh, examples I can give of not being able to respond well. Even if I go into conversations I've had with my wife, there's been times where she knows how to push my buttons. And mm -hmm. I want to say maybe if, um, I don't know, I, I feel like there's times when she like shows a certain sort of attitude mm -hmm. that I don't like that gets a negative juice flowing in me. Yeah, so yeah. we've definitely had to have conversations about how I need her to approach me so I don't get triggered into taking some random path into anger, which I have to give kudos to her because she's been very good at allowing me that space. Mm -hmm. But yeah, knowing what feedback you respond best to, it's worth having that conversation. Yes, definitely. That's a good tip. That's a, that's a good <laughs> tip because otherwise you're just having arguments. Yeah. Let's talk about showing commitment, right? Okay. In a lot of situations, when trust is broken within a relationship, you come to a crossroads of whether or not the relationship could, should continue. So I think when you decide to rebuild trust within a relationship, you need to be committed to the cause. And then in some scenarios, you also have to be aware that you may need to recommit yourself to the relationship. I know we spoke about it a little bit earlier, but... If you decide to forgive someone for a, a breach in trust, then I guess what I'm trying to say is you actually have to do it. And that doesn't mean to forget that something happened, but right. if you go as far as to say you are forgiven for whatever it was, I don't know, help me out here. It's no, yes, what you're saying, if trust is broken and you are the one that was on the the end of was broken for you basically yeah, if, so, you, if you were the one who was um, betrayed yes we'll say that that's a heartstring word but yeah yeah if your trust was betrayed you were betrayed then but you decide to stay you definitely have to work through that and understand one that it's a conscious decision and at the end of the day if it's okay if you come back after you said I want to but if you are not at a mental a good mental space if you cannot benefit the relationship or if you have kids you can't help you're not being the best person for your children or even the best example then it may be you may have to just re um reevaluate and say this is not healthy for us if I'm in this space but you have to be okay with that that would be the um least ideal for once you've made that decision if that makes sense so once you've decided to stay the worst thing would be to come back and say i can't do it but it's okay like obviously you don't go into it once you've committed thinking it's not going to work out if that makes sense know that that's okay but also know that it's a lot of work to stay in a place where you've been betrayed you and a lot of times you don't even know especially in the beginning what may trigger you to if it was an event that was a betrayal or like a one-time thing, you won't even know what triggers you or what may trigger you. It could be words. It could be driving past a place. It could be just your thoughts out of nowhere go to that space. But no one is asking you to forget that's happened. No one should ask you to forget because it's once you've experienced something 
it doesn't just go away. So just know that it's okay if you keep seeing it or replaying it or having thoughts about it. But at that point, it's now time to put plans in place and processes in place. How do you process those feelings? How do you process those thoughts? How do you process reliving that situation in a healthy space that's good for what you've decided, which is to stay in that space? Mm-hmm. Hope that made sense. Hope that I think it did. There's one more thing I'd like to touch on. And the reason is because I've been through it personally within my marriage. And that is the type of language you use when you're in the process of rebuilding trust. And there's this article here that you know, says to avoid using words that can trigger conflict. And it gives a couple examples as being always or must or never or should. One of the things that it really triggered for me was because of the amount of work that I do and the amount of time that I spent outside of the house doing that, there were times where my wife didn't feel like I was making her a priority and <clears throat> excuse me and there were times when she would approach me about it and would say use that word never which I would always have a visceral reaction to and I feel like she was speaking more from her emotions about the situation rather than what the actuality is so if you if she was to say something like you never put me first like instantly I'm thinking to myself, no, that's not even a possibility. So we're, we should be having a conversation on what I could do to make her feel like she's more of a priority. But now we're in an argument of whether or not her words are correct. Cause I know that she has been a priority. I know also that there are times where she hasn't been, but just for the fact that she said never now, that's my sticking point. Out on addressing that. Because exactly. you can take a turn. I think my, my younger sister, when she was working with like kids in a group home setting, she would say when people use words like that, they would say that's a distortion. because, And that would bring it back immediately. Okay, that's not the truth. If I never did this, then, or if this never happened, then that means that in the existence of my lifetime, it's never happened or in the existence <laughs> of this relationship. It's never happened. So that's a way to bring it back real quick. That's a distortion. And that can really uh, reshape like, oh, yeah, that's true. It, it isn't a never, but it feels like this isn't happening. Can definitely help. Guys, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no worries. So the article also mentions that in order to avoid a situation like that, you should be using words that facilitate open uh, open conversation, sorry. And that includes using a lot of I statements. So for example, rather than her saying, you never put me first or you never make me a priority, you could say, I need to feel like a priority or I need you to do X, Y, and Z to exhibit that I'm the priority in your life. And just listening to that, it's a world of difference because she's getting the message across. And and honestly, men, even if this is something that you struggle with, you need to work on communicating this way with your wife because it's just, it's easier to receive that communication. And I want to even say it's almost like a a negative feedback sort of communication because inherently you're saying that you're lacking in this area. And I, right. I need you to be better, <laughs> right? Basically, you know, it's ultimately what it comes down to. But receiving it with those words 
number one, makes the pill easier to take and right. more easily advances the conversation in the direction that it needs to go. Yeah, and ultimately that's what you want. You want to get into the conversation, not get caught up in the weeds of the conversation. Those weeds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah man, is there anything else you'd like to touch on? No, I think being the, I think we can talk about being the betrayer okay. now. Since they're uh, using that, I think once you've gotten in our, since we're talking to husbands, once we've got in, into the, agreement that we're going to work through this obviously there's a lot of work on the part of the one who has broken the trust a lot of understanding a lot of communication a lot of being able to take take feedback from the person that you love that you may have betrayed and really be ready to sit in their feelings about it and even after you've come to the agreement like we're going to work through. So even before that, be ready to, if you're going to want her to agree to move forward, be ready to hear everything she has to say about it mm -hmm. multiple times because there's not a day that is going to go by that she doesn't think about it, especially initially. But as hopefully as you are processing as a unit, you both have get help or maybe an outside source that will help you process how to work through it. Those things that may be triggering may not be. So I think as the, the, the betrayer, be ready to hear, to listen, and to be quiet in those situations. Ooh. Let her have her space. And you may, especially if it's a one-time thing, it's a lot harder for us as humans to hear about it over and over. If we've acknowledged that we have habitually not come through it's a little easier because you can say yeah i haven't done it for a while so there's going to be a lot of things to be said about it but a one-time thing can still bring a lot of <laughs> one-time situation can bring a lot of communication now i did mention getting outside perspective whether it be marriage counselor or someone you trust that really has the best interest in your relationship to give you a different perspective that can help I would say find the source that would check you, be on your side. Like, oh man, she keeps saying this over and over. You don't want to. You don't want to hear. Have the person that said, "Yeah, she needs to just chill." No, you need the person that's like reminding you, like, you decided to stay in this. She thinks about it every day, so you you could potentially hear about it every day. Hopefully, that's not the case because you build you'll build your trust up, and it will not be a triggering moment. But I think be ready to listen and be quiet but also be ready to continually affirm in that situation. Continue to affirm who your wife is, who she is to you, how much you love her, how you're down for her, how you're doing better. And you don't have to say, I did this and this, but just say, I value our relationship and I'm working hard to build back up trust. You don't have to go into what you're doing. Um, you don't have to go into what you've done, but just affirming her as valuable goes a long way. Mm-mm-mm. You got anything? Nah, that's fire right there, man. I think we should head on that. Okay. <laughs> that's good. That is why this guy is my partner in this podcast venture. Because he brings straight fire. <laughs> that's what's up. But yeah, so we're going to end right there. I want to thank you again for listening, giving us your ears, and hopefully being devoted to 
strengthening your relationships in marriage out there. If you would be so kind, please go to the homepage for our podcast and give us a review. Give us a five-star rating if we're giving you the content that you like. Leave us a comment and let us know what else you would like us to speak on. We're open to any topics within marriage that can be discussed. So for the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast, this is Ryan. And I'm Paul. And we will talk to you next time. <laughs>